Well, I really appreciated um, just the, the call on holding ourselves to be accountable first before we are held to account. That was actually when we were reading Surah Kaf today before Jummah, that theme came up as well. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of times people who fight for social justice and want equality and all of that, um, a lot of times our focus is set outward but not on ourselves. So I really appreciate you also bringing in that individual accountability that is so important. For those who don't know me, I am definitely, um, I don't list myself as a feminist, I don't use those type of uh, wordage, but um, my mother always said that she was for the, the female, you know, that she'll uh, defend the female before she defends anything else after she asks a few questions, because that's she's the type of person she is. And so, um, Always, as um, I matured, thought about that a lot, and um, and it just de developed that. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with my personality, but I honestly do believe what I said that I want for my sister what I want for myself, and I don't care who my sister is. Okay, um, I literally want the best for you. I, I tell people all the time, I had um, brothers said, oh, Sister Priscilla, she's not gonna do two. She won't do two. And I was like, well, you know, it's not that I won't do two, but it's got to be done a certain way. I got a Mercedes, she's got a Mercedes. <laughs> I have a house in the hill, she has a house in the hill. So I really do believe that, that, um, we can solve a lot of the problems of the world, our social issues, even situations on the job by communicating and loving each other. You know, now, we can be real difficult folks, women, females. We can. Um, and it's all right. We, it's okay. We, those, those are the, the, that's part of our makeup. But, I think it's really vital that we concentrate on trying to treat each other fairly and honestly. Um, and it, nobody says it's easy. Um, nobody says you've got to actually like the person. But you do have to respect the person. You do have to ask yourself, is this how I want to be treated? Um, for example, you know, we as women, we have situations where folks are in our ear saying things to us, um, and if we were to listen, it would harm someone. And so we have to ask ourselves, is this how I want to be treated, right? So when you have someone coming and saying, you know, I need two, I'm just, this is, you know, and I'm not harping, but it's just an example I'm going to use. I'm, we, I, I need two, you know. And so you ask yourself, and you're like, oh, yes, good-looking fella's got a nice job, you know, and that might not be bad. But then ask yourself, if you're at home, is that how you want to be treated, to know that your sister, whether you know her or not, is plotting? to maybe upset your apple cart for no apparent reason other than she can and she wants to. 
So that's why I'm saying, want for your sister what you want for yourself. You know, in every situation, just throw that little statement out there and see how it works for you. And you'll be surprised. Um, you know, even in, in work, um, you know, not necessarily a, another female, but just, just in general, asking yourself, it's, it's like I had a intern do something, I explained it to him, I must not have done a good job. Because when it finished, he chopped up a whole bunch of important paperwork in an event situation. And when it was brought to my attention, I just wanted to lose my mind. But I thought to myself, he's an intelligent person. He wouldn't have done this if he truly understood what you wanted. So instead of me publicly saying, no, I wanted it like this and I needed it like that, I just left it alone. And it was all in the eyes, but <laughs> I left it alone because I just, because his heart was in the right place. And so I don't want to harm him and, you know, by being a diva. I, I didn't want to do that. So we literally have to watch our mouths, our actions, our thoughts. And as Muslims, we really have a double. And if we are religious conscious people, and we say we are religious conscious people, we have to really concentrate and monitor our actions and our words and our deeds. And that was basically what the Kupa was about. Um, I want to see us happy, and I want to see us progress, and I want to see us excel. And we can't do that if we're harming each other, if we feel less than each other. Um, we just can't be successful if, if we have all this garbage. So. Yeah, and I, I think to you personally, but I want to thank you again in this circle, like um, the first September or the first year um, that we opened um, that September, Priscilla turned to me in the discussion circle and she was like, this needs to be a safe circle for you, you too. And I swear, Priscilla, you saved my life because I, I literally, I was about to completely burn out. Um, I, I had burned out, but um, it was only after you said that and because you're living this, you know, wanting for your sister what you want for yourselves that you saw what was happening to me and you reminded me to treat myself the way that I'm treating others. So I she still thank you for smiling. that. She was smiling. When yeah. we first saw her, she was like. <laughs> <laughs> and then as months went by, she was like, and but you so know, Priscilla, I, 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 didn't, I didn't realize anyone noticed that. I felt so alone at that time. Wow. So you, you saved my life in more ways than you know. But I really, you know, I can't See how thank you important enough. it is. <laughs> Even when you don't think you have a right to say something, mm -hmm. you say it because your sister might need you to do that. And that's how serious it is. So. Let me give you another. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for your kutbah. Um, as you, you noticed, there aren't a lot of questions because you were very clear. Okay. And so, alhamdulillah for that. Um, I just wanted to reference as women, as we're coming up, I can remember a time, I guess probably junior high school, moving into high school, that era, 
era where there was a lot of nastiness mm. going on. And I'm like, well, I'm just not that kind of person. I, I just, I don't feel like acting like that with another female. And it clicked. Well, I couldn't be the only female who feels that way. I need to just find other females who are like-minded. And I've done that really my whole life. And if I run into someone who does not have that kind of attitude, all I have to do is just keep moving. I will not let them into my personal space because frankly, you just can't trust them, you know? Um, but my question to you is about, I know for myself, my father also just encouraged us. We had to get good grades, period, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so I think that's one of the things that empowers women is when their fathers understand that they need to be empowered as well. Um, but I'd like to ask you specifically about the growth of Islam in the United States with indigenous African-American Muslims, bringing some of that from West Africa here. Um, and then what had to happen, that transition, until we started having more and more immigrant Muslims coming into the country. Uh, and so now we're putting this together. We're putting it together. We're always going to have differences as far as cultures and whatnot. But the central issue is there's only one God right. and one humanity. So I'd like to kind of address the energy of indigenous Muslim women who were, and I, I'd like your opinion about this, who were working side by side with these indigenous Muslim men who were busy trying to figure out what they were doing, but in their, their hearts, they already knew there was only one God. Mm -hmm. And they knew that there was something very wrong with them being oppressed, you know, so they had to get busy and do whatever needed to be done. And I'd like you to kind of try to make a comparison between women who came up through what was the Nation of Islam and transition, and immigrant women who are coming here, young women who have been raised here at this point, and what we can share among ourselves that empowers us as women. Whoa, that's a heavy one right there. <laughs> Me? <laughs> okay. Um, okay, I, I think I could do this one. Um, what I've seen is um, coming up Nation of Islam, there was no less than. There was no, you can't do this. Um, we were equal in what we did. Uh, the brothers did what they did, and then you had a women's component of that, right? And um, you had brother captains and you had sister captains, and um, they were strong-willed people. And so there was no feeling less than. I don't think we have that feeling of less than, but I do feel that the traditions, the culture makes a difference. Even those um, indigenous, as you say, that were actually raised here, but their parents were immigrants or uh, whatever, um, you still have that a certain culture within the house, whether it's um, specific for a region or it's 
an ideology, religious kind of a thingy. Um, I think it depends on how strong the influence in the household was to be open and everybody's equal and you know you can do what you need to do or no, this is your role. There is no level to it. This is just your role. And I think one of the reasons why the Women's Mosque is doing um, a wonderful job for that group that you want to talk about is because the, what they lived at home, once they become adults, they really don't want to have anything to do with that. And so they go on about their business and they live their life socially, but they always find there's something missing. And so that's why they end up here at the Women's Mosque trying to find themselves again, which is a beautiful thing while we're all here. But I think that's um, because why do I come to the Women's Mosque? I come to the Women's Mosque to support my sisters because I don't necessarily have some of the experiences that my sisters are experiencing. I, I didn't have that on the negative side, I should say. I didn't have to deal with that. Um, but I am aware that some of my sisters do have to deal with that, whether it's in the mosque or at home. So that's why I come, because I know there's a void, and I know we need to shore this up. And it can only be shored up if we work as a, as a unit and get it done. But I think it's that, I know I'm sounding really all over the place here, but I do believe it's whatever that parent is determined that lifestyle is going to be for that child in here in America, okay? And, um, and if they're determined to make that life like it is back in at home, which, you know, in part of the Koopa, it says that things are changing and we have to change. We have to move with, you know, with, with the time and, and we have to do change. We have to make changes, come up with creative ways to do things. And so when you have that, this is how you got to do it. It's one minute, this, this, as soon as they're getting to college, they're out of here, man. And, and they're out of here, but they're out of here with a void, a really strong void. Because when you've been raised a Muslim all your life, and then you know you go out there and you do your thing, and yeah, it's fun, it's one of them, but it's always something missing here. It's always something missing. I, I had the opportunity to decide whether I wanted to be a Muslim or not. My mother told all her children, you know, when you, when you're out on your own, you can be anything going thing you want to be. But when you're in this house, you're a Muslim. <laughs> you okay? So once I was out the house, I had to ask myself, do I still want to be a Muslim? Or I just want to be Priscilla, okay? Priscilla was a nice person too, right? But I had to ask myself, <laughs> did I want to be a Muslim? You know, that's important. That's an important question. And so, um, I answered that yes, you know, my dog tags, I was in the military, my dog tag says, Priscilla Alukta, religion, Islam. That's what my dog tags say. So I didn't go in there with the, you know, I'm gonna be this Priscilla and I'm gonna come out and be that Priscilla. I went in knowing who I was. But 
that was really young. I was 20-something years old when I did that, right? So now I've spent 17 years in the service, you know, am I the same person that went in at that 17-year mark? No. I was a party animal by that time, right? So when I come home, I now have to ask myself, who are you? And what you gonna do? Are you Priscilla? Or are you Priscilla? <laughs> and um, I like them both, be honest with you. But um, Islam was more pulling. And I like Islam, and I like being a Muslim. I, I love it. So it was easy for me to go that route. I'm just one of those people that I'm a little bit more open than most folks. I, you know, I'm not gonna beat, I, I tell parents this all the time, stop beating your Muslim children with stuff. Not physically, but with stuff. You know, stop beating them where they don't wanna be Muslims. Stop being them where they don't wanna be good Christians, you know? You, you, you just got to allow them time to find themselves and develop themselves, and you will be so pleased and happy because when they, come out of whoever it is, whatever, and decide whatever they want to be, they're going to be Muslims. And if they're not, they're going to be good human beings, good people, okay, with good spirits. So to your question, did I halfway get there? Uh, as you were speaking, I thought about, you know, I go on Facebook because I no longer do the National Enquirer. Uh. So I... <laughs> So I know all my information is rock solid, right? But, but there was recently this issue of a husband and wife who were arrested. And I think they were from Afghanistan. They'd been here a couple of years. And they had beat their daughter and scalded her with hot oil and demanded that she marry some man who was, I can't remember how old he was, but quite a bit older than her. And the girl was 16. Mm. She had figured out, uh, no, that's not what I want to do. Right. And the parents just literally tortured the girl, yeah. and it came out. So now they've got a major problem. And so obviously, that's not happening here, number one. Number oh, two. it's happening. Well, I'm saying it's not. When but I say it's, here, it's happening. I'm talking about in the world of abrafi. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not happening. <laughs> You know, I'm the past president of the Grits and Honey Midnight Club. <laughs> you know, <laughs> those of you who may not understand. Basically, but in the African-American community, we saw it in a couple of films over the years. You fix grits on the stove, you know what grits are. It's like, you know, like a porridge, you know, but hot grits. And if you put some honey in those grits, they're gonna stick, right? African-American women have been known to catch a man wrong. The, the uh, singer Al Green, Al Green, and we renamed him Al Gritz because he got down wrong with this woman and obviously he had hit this woman. It wasn't just she was mad at him. Right. She waited till he went to sleep. So that's the midnight part. She got a pot of hot grits, put some honey in it and poured it all over him, okay? I can't tell you that stops a lot of stuff. Okay, but anyway, so I, I jokingly say that I'm the past president of the Midnight Grits and Honey Club. You know? <laughs> but I can tell you truthfully, I'm a happy person, 
and I have never had a man hit me. It just has not happened. If you look at me the wrong way, I put a check mark next to your name. Right. When you kind of start hunching the shoulders, the next thing you know, I'm just not there anymore. Something happened, I'm just not there. Mm -hmm. you know? So it's not an issue that I've had to deal with, mm -hmm. truthfully. But all this is just to say, going back to the issue of this Afghanistan family, I was like, this is bad. This is what makes people think that Islam is not a good religion, right. you know? And I think as Muslims, when things like this happen among Muslims who are obviously not following the religion, we have to speak up, yes, you know? Do. Because otherwise, how do people know that there are other Muslims out there who don't believe that? We're all don't not follow. crazy, you know? We're all not beaters, we're all not, you know, yes, we're, You're, we're all not what I didn't quite hear. You. We're all not haters. We're all not uh, beaters. We're, of you know, course, you know, of course. Killers. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're doing what other human beings do. We go to work. We take care of our families. We try to find some time for, you know, uh, whatever. And we want to practice our religion, you know. So I just, and I asked the question initially about indigenous Muslims and immigrant Muslims and all this kind of stuff because Again, and this has been said here before, California especially, yes, we are. and a women's mosque especially, yes, this are. is a unique situation where we really can address some of these issues and set an agenda for Islam in this country. You know, um, and I think we all come to the women's mosque, as you said many times, Hasna, to enrich ourselves. It's not anti any other uh, mosque. It's not anti-men. It's just things that women want to talk about that generally are not being addressed within the regular uh, community. So we have our own thing once a month. Hallelujah. Or alhamdulillah. <laughs> you know. Well, I but, must admit, I've grown from um, in the three years and um, I got a whole lot more growing to do and learning to do, but this has been imperative because I was telling Hasna in the um, late 70s and the 80s in the black African, African American um, Muslim community, <clears throat> everybody was learning how to pray correctly, how to learn um, Arabic so that we could um, read the Quran in Arabic. So everybody was learning that late 70s, all of 80s. I was nowhere around, I was in the service. And so that little education, you know, I, I'm now I'm sitting back like, oh Lord, I wish I had been there in the 80s. <laughs> this would have been so less stressful for me because I have to learn all of this. And that's where the women's mosque has been beneficial to me is making me dig down and learn my religion the way I'm supposed to know it. And so um, I love every minute of it. And I, I get excited every time I see sisters. Assalamu alaikum. Um, I don't really have a question, but I just wanted to thank you because um, your hutbah today it really spoke to me because I have two girls that are eight and six. And so you're, you know, wanting for your sister what you want for yourself, both figuratively and literally. <laughs> so even at that age, even at six in kindergarten, there's already 
the drama and the put downs and I mean at six I, I just can't believe it little girls are saying mean things yes, just you know so how to it, I love that because I'm going to take that home and say you need to look at everybody is your sister everybody is your brother and want for them what you want for yourself and it's not going to be easy it's not it's no it's, mean you have to like them yeah okay so I just wanted to say thank you you're welcome for your hippa today thank you it's amazing to see it's already, you know, going in that application. It's awesome. Anyone else? Yeah. This is my first time ever coming to a drama. I'm just, I'm actually not Muslim, but I wanted to learn more about it. Thank you. So I just wanted to thank everyone for being very welcoming and inclusive because it's important to discuss these issues and these issues why they affect Muslims, they affect a lot of women around the world, and especially in the climate, we, political climate that we currently live in, I think this is really important that we have this. So um, I just wanted to extend my gratitude for welcoming me and for including me. Thank you for coming. We hope you come back. <laughs> alaikum and welcome to you. We hope you come back, okay? Kind <laughs> um, of partly answering your question because it was so lengthy, but I got the part about indigenous Muslims and Muslims who reverted or whatever here in America or something to that point. But anyway, one of our good friends, initials K-E, <laughs> always says that women, we are our own worst oppressors. Yes. Number two, okay, Muslims here in America, myself, I reverted, I think about 43 years ago now or something like that. Yeah, this is like 43 years ago, so I'm a 43-year-old Muslim, so to speak, okay. <laughs> Why, thank you! <laughs> but I was way older than that, alhamdulillah. <laughs> but anyway, we have a different understanding when we read the book of Quran because our leader, Imam Muhammad, he trained us, or should I use the word trained, or he, yeah, he taught us, trained us how to think logically when we read the Quran. Now, I've noticed like with the Muslims who come from other countries, they may know the Quran, but it's a difference in knowing Quran and understanding what it's saying. So you have to understand what Allah's words are. So when we read it, we see an understanding. We see that you're not supposed to beat your wife. We see that because we, because <laughs> we read, we saw that before we reverted because like the, the Midnight Grits Club, <laughs> we understood you don't beat us and get away with it, okay? <laughs> I'm like Aubrey, I haven't had that problem, you know, but I know plenty of people who have, and they're afraid to fight back. But we understand when we read the Quran, when Allah talks in the Quran, he may say, oh, just for instance, you tell your child, pick up your shoes off the floor. You told them to pick up your shoes, but you, without saying it, you also telling them not to leave your shoes in the middle of the floor. So that's how Allah talks when he talks in the Quran. He may give us a surah, an ayat, and it says one thing, but it's another side to that because his words are all expansive. They never run out, yada, yada, yada. So as intelligent human beings, we have to be able to see that if he's talking to the man in the Quran and says, oh, don't do this, the woman is also included, although he didn't say it. Now the ayat that you read, that's my favorite ayat. Oh, you who believe. The man who believes, the woman who believes, the yada yada yada. I love, that's one of my favorites. I love it because he specifically says, I want you to know I'm talking to the women too. Whereas in other parts of the Quran, when he's talking to the men, the men only think he's talking to them, you know, but he's talking to all humanity. Yes. 
And on the other hand, the woman feels like Allah is not talking to me. So when she comes to Juma and there's a kutbah going on, she's sitting there talking. Mm. Number one, she should know that when you come to Juma, you don't talk in Juma because one part of it is the khutbah, one part is the salat. The khutbah takes part of the first two rakahs that we don't say in Juma. So these are the, what I'm, I'm getting to the point is that we as indigenous Muslims, African Americans mostly, and those who come to this country, we can get together as sisters wanting for each other what we all want. So when they tell me, sister, you don't wear your headscarf this way, I can explain to her. It doesn't matter. Allah told me in the Quran, best dress of a Muslim is ratchetness, okay? <laughs> so my headscarf can be over this way. Yours can be whatever. I'm covered. Right. You know, so these are things we can all bring to the table as Muslims wanting for each other, Muslim women, Muslimas wanting for each other what we want for ourselves. So, inshallah, I would like to see that happen that we, it's more women coming here and learning that the religion, because what you mentioned about whether we have to come to the masjid or want to come or don't have to, when I read my Quran, Allah says, Oh, you who believe. He didn't say, Oh, you men who believe. He said, oh, you who believe, when the call for prayer is made, you go out. So that means me as a woman get off my behind and go to Juma. Can't no man tell me I can't come up in here and bow down to my Lord because I got to try to keep myself out of the Jehanna and get into the Jana. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> Thank you, Sister Bahasa. All right. So any last questions before we stop? Anybody? Okay, um, so we'll end with uh, some announcements, or sorry, some du'as.